You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Good evening and happy new year to a lot of faces. Praise the Lord. Happy New Year to those that are watching online that are, you know, joining us for the first time this year. And um, you may take your seats. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 2021 is the year the Lord has made. And we shall what? Rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. It's in the plan. Everything in this year is still in the plan of the Almighty. He knows what he is doing and we will trust in him in jesus name is a wonderful god is a good good father is a dependable god he's worthy of every praise he's worthy of our trust he's worthy of our devotion i mean if if we knew that the more the songwriter says the more we know you the more we want to know you and the more we know you or the other song says if we know him better we will love him better if you knew how good he were, you would love him so much more. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So from the crossover, the Lord began to speak to us, okay? And he said to us from, he were spoken to from Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, where the Lord said to Abraham, I am almighty God. I am almighty God. You see, God we always make sure that he keeps the reference fresh in our memories. Every time he spoke to his people, he reminded them of who it was that was speaking. Okay? He would remind them of who it is that is speaking to them. So he says, when Abraham was 99 years old. Okay? 99 is ready to die. Okay? This is the story of my life. This is how everything is going to end up. But God spoke to him and says, I am what? Almighty God. He says, time, years mean what? Nothing to me. I can make a day to be like a thousand years. And I can make a thousand years to be what? Like a day. So someone who is coming into this year, I don't know what the experience has been. I don't know what the expectation is. I don't know what your disappointments were in the last year. But if you are... You know, coming to this God that we are talking about tonight, then I must beg you to please jack up your faith. Hold up yourself by the shoulder and pull yourself up. Why? Because the God that we have come before is what? The almighty God. The God that can speak to a 99-year-old like he was speaking to a 20-year-old. Because what he does, nothing can shut it. Hallelujah. We've said here that omnipotence means power to infinity and we said if you remove 100 from infinity what do you have if you remove 1 million from infinity so all the years that he have waited all the years that it might have appeared that god had not done it if you take it away from the years god has to do it what do you have you have infinity that's why i said to him at 99 he says i am all for any other person he was late that's why the same basis that our Lord Jesus Christ said to Mary and Martha, he said, don't worry. You see, I am what? The resurrection. God always introduces himself. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. 
So whether he were alive when I came or he were dead when I came, it doesn't matter. To me, it means nothing. The same way I would have called him from the bed of illness and said, Lazarus, how are you? The only difference now is that I say, Lazarus, do what? Comfort. And what happened? The same Lazarus did what? Came forth. So the God we serve will always tell us, this is who you're dealing with. I am almighty God. And for those of us that are watching that live in Nigeria, you have to remind ourselves that he's almighty God. I was discussing with a friend the other day and I was saying, if you live in this country and you've seen people survive last year and survive the years before and you don't know that God is working miracles, then you have not opened your eyes. You know, someone told us there that he bought food, you know, food stuff or whatever for half a million naira, and it ran out in a couple of weeks, isn't it? There are some people in Nigeria that have more children than he has that for the whole year don't earn half a million naira. And you see them that are healthy, that are laughing, that are smiling, that are walking. Who's doing it? It is the Almighty God. When you live in Nigeria, you know that God sustains his people with manna. There's a way he does it. They don't eat balanced diet, but their lives are balanced. It doesn't make sense, but the Almighty is sustaining people. Every Nigerian who lives here, who thinks, because some people don't think, you look around you, you see what you're going through, and you know that had it not been for the Lord who was on your side, that is what we Nigerians know, that God is for us. The Lord our God is in the midst of this nation. It doesn't matter. All the things that we are seeing, one thing we know is that his hand is upon us and he will perform his good counsel in us in Jesus' name. Okay, so he introduced and says, I'm almighty God. Praise the Lord. And then the next statement says what? Work before me and be blameless. Okay, we're going to come back to that. Let's touch what we looked at on Sunday as well. And on Sunday, the Lord began to speak to us concerning what? A faith that had what? foundations. So when we speak as Christians, it's important we take note of that because you see, everybody is converging under motivational speaking. I have a friend on Facebook, I think maybe it's an old classmate or something, who is a Muslim. And sometimes if you don't, if you don't check who wrote it, you'll think the person is speaking out of the pages of scripture. But what you will know is that it doesn't have foundation. It makes sense, but it doesn't have foundation. The Bible says, whatsoever we ask the Father, our Lord Jesus speaking to us, how? In my name. It's not just what, he said, whatever you ask the Father in my name. Why? Because the Bible says, in him, all things what? We are made. By him, all things consist. He is the reason for the relationship. He's the basis. He's the only one who has entered into the Holy of Holies, the one that is in heaven. You know, the one Moses built has been destroyed. But there is one that is active now. And the Bible says he ever lives, what? To make intercessions. So when you get up to pray and you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, you know what they have done? Jesus had already prayed for you. What did he say to Peter? Satan, before Peter knew he was going to face a trial, Jesus had what? Made intercessions for him. So if in the midst of the trial, Peter began to say, Lord, deliver me, what will he be saying? He'll be saying, Father, I refer to the intercession Jesus made for me seven weeks ago. Is somebody getting me? We belong or we have a faith that has foundations. It's not a nice story. 
Peter said, when we brought to you this story, we didn't bring to you cunningly devised fables. We brought to you something that is tangible, something that happened, something that is happening, and something that shall yet what? Happen. If you're a Christian, can you put your hands together and just appreciate this faith? I'm telling you, I belong to things I mentioned to us on Sunday about the parish confraternity. And it made us, if anybody was in the school, I don't know how it is now. I pray it's not even there now. But if anybody was in school 30 years ago, and then you will understand what I'm talking about. We ran the school. What we said was the other. Why? Because we had professors, we had doctors, we had governors, we had, you know, generals who were pirates. And because of that, we were something. Now, what we are talking about is that we have the king of kings. We have the Lord of lords. We have God, very God. We have the mighty God, not just on our side, but dwelling inside of us. The Bible says, know ye not that your bodies... I remind myself that and I, I adjust myself. You see, somebody here, there's something, you're feeling something in your body. Remind yourself that this body doesn't even belong to you. Say, no, you know that what? Your bodies are temples of what? The Holy Ghost. And he dwells in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You know who the Holy Spirit is? The Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity. The one that Jesus said, if you offend the Father, we can manage if you offend me, I can manage, but the Holy Ghost, be careful. He is very much God, and God has counted my body fit enough to be a carrier of his Holy Spirit. I'm not just any person. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? That is what we have. We have a mighty God who is for us. Praise the Lord. So he began to speak to us that this faith has foundations. It has foundations. You know, I, I was inviting someone to church many years ago, maybe about 10 years ago, and the person said, how long has, your, you know, either I haven't heard about your church or something, or how long has the church been, and maybe I said seven years. He said, I ah, know the church is still too young for me to attend. But the mistake they make is that the church is not starting seven years ago. Praise the Lord. The foundation of the church was laid when our Lord Jesus Christ what, rose from the dead and said to us, go into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel to every creature. And he breathed upon us and gave us the Holy Ghost. Anywhere there is the Holy Spirit, there is the same church that was there at Pentecost. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? There is actually no new church. It is a new extension of the same Holy Ghost. And no matter how old the church is if the holy ghost is not there is not a church at all churches are not determined by their cathedral being built 10 years ago or 1 million years ago churches are determined by the presence of the holy ghost which came down at pentecost heaven saying even though i dwell in heaven i'm god i'm coming down to dwell amongst men that's what makes us church praise the lord so we have a faith that goes back to the beginning of years, the beginning of creation. It says, while the earth was, it says, the spirit of God hovered. That same spirit that hovered upon the uncreated earth is hovering upon, not just upon us, but in our midst and inside of the believer. We have a faith that goes back. Praise the Lord. We are not on the same level. We love the Muslims. We are praying for them. We love the Hindus. We love all of them. But we are not, on the, we are not serving the same God. Not impossible. Impossible. The God we are serving created other gods. He created every other thing that men worship. He is the very God of the very God. He is God of gods, the father of spirits, the God of all flesh. He is not their mate. 
They are aspiring to be something, but this God sits on his throne and does as he likes. He's not even in a hurry. He's allowing them, their rise and their fall. He's watching them. Praise the Lord. So we have a faith that has foundations. Okay, so the Lord spoke to us. We read from the scripture. I think we use Isaiah 28. It says, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tri-stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. And it says, Whoever believes will not what? Act hastily. Praise God. So this evening, with the short time we have, I want us to put a balance to what we looked at on Sunday. And we'll look at a faith that has conditions. A faith that has what? Conditions. You know why? You know, that I was meditating and the Spirit of the Lord ministered to me and asked me a question. And he said, to, do I have any architect in the house or watching online? You see, if you're an architect, you know that when the foundation is done, it becomes restrictive. You get what I'm saying? If you do a foundation in a property and that foundation is to take you for a five-story building, no matter how much money you have after you've done that foundation, you cannot do a 10-story building. And if you did the foundation for a 1,000 square meter property, you cannot, because you have money in the middle of the project, decide to do a 2,000 square meter project. The foundation will restrict you. Why? Because it says that before you began, this is what you can do. And this is what you must do. Now, if I do a foundation for a circular building, there are circular buildings or octagonal buildings like ours or a square building, I cannot get halfway and decide to change it to a triangular building. What has happened? My foundation has constricted me. The same way our faith has what? Foundations. And that is why if you're in a place or you're listening to anybody telling you that grace allows you to do as you like, is because that grace he has, has no foundation. This grace that we are talking about is a grace that was purchased with the blood of Jesus. The Bible says the law came through Moses, but what? Grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus. What, how did the Lord Jesus bring it for us? He paid the price. Praise the Lord. If somebody says to you today, go to bank so, so, so. Okay? Go to bank ABC. When you get there, just tell them to give them 100,000 I sent you. You know that he's a 419 person. You understand what I'm saying? If someone really wants to give you that amount, or let's say even one million, so who wants some money here? Somebody will want to bless you in the name of Jesus. If that person does not ask you your, which name should I write, and ask for some details, you know he's not serious. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I've told you the story of many years ago when I was a young boy. We had a, a family friend who was traveling to America. You know, for the first time, you know, then when people are traveling, it was a big deal. So he brought a diary, all of us in the house, and including his own house. This is my own house, not his own house. We were writing what we wanted. I wrote, I wanted boot. I wanted Michael Jackson jacket. I wrote, he had pages. He'll write your name. Write all the things you wanted. The way he was taking that note, even as a little child, I was saying, everybody, he's just taking... My brother told me that when they were driving across River Niger, that was when he threw away the, 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 the diary. <laughs> you see, because if he really wanted to buy something for everybody, you can't list all things now. He'll say, okay, no, this is enough. So I can be able to buy for your sister or your brother. Do you understand what I'm saying? A faith that has foundations will have conditions. That is why God said to Abraham, I am almighty God, live anyhow. Is that what he said to him? 
I am almighty God. Just play every, it will happen. Just like that. I prophesy. Even God does not prophesy the way some men of God prophesy. I cannot come to church and prophesy to everybody because it's not everybody that is living the way God wants them to live. So how can you all get the same prophecy? Can't you see that he doesn't have foundation? I am almighty God does what? He says, walk before me. And be, let's even live blameless. Let's live blameless for now. I am almighty God just what do what? what? It means you have to be connected to the almighty to get the blessings of the almighty. Somebody getting what I'm saying? Let's see the, the amplified you know, version of that. And that work, that work is W-A-L-K. When you see W-A-L-K in the Bible, it talks about your lifestyle. It's not bust of activity. It, I mean, we want you to come to church on Sunday. We want you to come to church on Wednesday. We want you, you know, to follow online. If you're not able to come to church, that's okay. But more than those hours that we call service or worship, we want you to have a lifestyle that lives in the presence of God. Praise the Lord. So this is what he says in Amplify. I just read the second part. It says, I am God Almighty. Walk what? Habitually. Habitually. Let it be your habit. Why? Because if I am, then you must what? Live in relation. Your actions, your choices, your, your daily activities must be relative to my existence. It's the same thing that the Bible tells us when we're told in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. It says that he without faith... It is what? Impossible to please God. Are you seeing that? Why? Because he is. I mean, I mean okay, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm jumping. You see, if there was no, no real, no true God, you can do anything and he'll be pleased. Praise the Lord. But you see, he is. And because he is, he will have things he wants. He'll have things he doesn't like. He'll have things that appeal to him. He'll have things that, you know, turn him off. So this is what he says. Without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please this God. So even though he is almighty, or rather more so because he's almighty, he also will have all standards. Praise the Lord. Because he's almighty, let's have Hebrews eleven six, please. Because he's almighty, he's also going to have some constraints on us. He's also going to say, this is where I want you to go. This is where I want you to be. This is where I'm going to meet you. Our Lord Jesus, after he rose from the dead, even though he was now the resurrected Christ, didn't say to the disciples, scatter anywhere you are, I will meet you. He said to them, go to this mountain and do what? And wait for me. It's because he's real. What I'm trying to set for us, you know, at the back of our minds tonight, is that when we find too much liberty... And when we see too much allowance for space, when somebody says, I will come and see you, okay, I will come and see you, you should know that that is a concluding statement to end your conversation. But if the person says, I'm coming on Thursday by 5 p.m., you see, you begin to see that he has put thought to it. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Now, God is saying here, without faith, or rather the scripture is saying, it is impossible to please him. Why? He says, he that comes to God... Help me, what does what? Must believe that what? He is. Now stop here. He's saying the same thing we're saying. If he is, then there will be things that will be restrictive to him. Are you with me? Now he goes further and says, 
that he is one, so he exists. Even simply in this auditorium now, okay, for those who are watching, you don't see the cameras, but I can see the cameras. If the cameras were not here, I could just walk right through there, okay? But because the cameras are there, I can't walk straight in front of me. I have to make a detour and avoid it. Why? Because there's something there. The same way, when you come to God, because God is, you can't live normally. You can't live anyhow. And that standard of living that you have to live because God is, is called the faith life. That is what faith life is. Faith is simply living in the reality that there is God. Praise the Lord, somebody. That is simply what it means. It means living in the reality. In those days, in, is it finance or economics or accounting? I don't know. But there was something that taught us the G factor. So you make all your calculations and all your plans, but you make provision for the G factor is just what they don't understand. Anything that could happen. Now, the Christian also lives, but his own is that the G factor doesn't come at the end. It comes at the beginning. Praise the Lord. So, the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things what? Not seen. Hebrews 11, what? So, it's telling us as Christians that all our lives, just like Abraham was told, he says, I am almighty. Where should you live? He said, live in my presence. Live consciously aware that I am almighty God. You know what that will do for you? It will take your faith to astronomical levels. You can't live the same way. You cannot live the same way. When you know that you're living in his presence, you can't, you see, growing up, or even now, I don't think it's such a big deal now, for, but I know for a lot of those watching, you may get what I'm saying. Growing up, when people had neighbors who were military, those days, in those compounds, you know what they put? They'll put military zone. How many of us know what military zone? You see, when people had military zone as neighbors, you know, military zone compounds as neighbors, you know what? They didn't employ my guards. Because military zone, because they live in, you know, in proximity to military zone, they didn't employ my guards. Why? Because they know that the people who got there, if anything happens in their side, we'll also hear the sound. The same way, when you live in proximity to the Almighty God, you cannot fear anything. You will not be afraid of what they're afraid of. That's what I'm trying to say. But if you're living far from Him, oh yes, you need to bring my God. He that dwells in the secret place, what? Of the most. When you are there, I'm telling you, is an involuntary reaction. All of a sudden, fear will go. But if there is fear, then you need to relocate. That's what I'm trying to say. Are you getting what I'm saying? If they're Hispanic, like we let, you know, read from Isaiah 28, you need to relocate. The God we serve says, he says, I am. Live in proximity. Live in the awareness. It was based on that, that he could say to Abraham, 99 years old, now we can go back to Genesis 17, and say to Abraham, go and circumcise yourself and your whole family. Now, I know many of us here will not be aware of how circumcision was done because in our time, it is done when you don't know anything, okay? But imagine a 99-year-old man, and then they didn't have steel knives. What he had was stone, and his own must have been the first. So the experiment was done on him. Whether it was done rightly or wrongly, that old, you just imagine a 99-year-old man. But you see, the Almighty God has spoken. And because he was living in consciousness of the Almighty, 
He said, I will do this. In fact, if you go down, every male, everybody in the house was circumcised that very day. You can imagine the blood. You can imagine the cry. You can imagine the pain. You can imagine the chaos there. And when they asked them, what is the problem? Were you hungry? What happened? Why are you crying? What, why are you bleeding? What is going on? What would they say? They say, my God said I should do it. Now, when I leave, or when I'm a believer, when I have this faith, it's not everything that I do I have an explanation for. A lot of things I do, I, the, the, the Apostle Paul says, the love of Christ does what? He said, constrains me. There, there'll be things that I will do because something bigger than me. You know, many years ago, we we're told in this nation, or oh God at the top, Abby. Uh-huh. Or oh God at the top is what? Is making me do it. Praise the Lord. So we, we have a faith that, that demands conditions. And these conditions, like where Abraham, we saw in Abraham, it says, some translations will say, obey me and live the right way. Some will say, serve me faithfully. Some will say, walk like the one we looked at, walk and live habitually before me. So, so that's what we want to look at because we, 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 if you're a Nigerian, like we started by saying here, we have been sustained by God's masses. And if I know anything, we need... We need more, multiplied more of those messages, even in this 2021. Because the people that are leading us, I'm telling you, they are compassion dead. There is no iota of compassion in them. They don't understand what is going on. I had to make a call to confirm. You know, the rumor is not a rumor if you've gone to buy Nepal recharge. It has gone up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, now... (laughs) I, I don't know some of these things. Maybe if you don't know, it's better for you. They have borrowed money from everywhere possible and are planning to borrow from dormant accounts. You know what that means? Dormant account is an account that maybe dead people, people who live abroad, whatever, live in the banks, that banks used to have some comfort, you know, when they're playing with money. Your government has finished. They borrowed, the Brazil one, they borrowed from Brazil. It, it remains to borrow from Togo. I think those ones may not have to give them. Or Liberia. Do you understand? That, that is how... That is, and then if they were borrowing and you get out every day and see what is being done with the money. We can understand. We won't contribute money, isn't it? But they're borrowing and you can't see anything. Okay? So we, we are in a time where we need divine mercy. Praise the Lord. But divine mercy does not come on atmosphere. It doesn't come on the clouds. It comes on people. What I'm trying to say is that Nigeria is in dire need of genuine believers. Men that will speak a word and heaven will respond. I pray you will be one of them in the name of Jesus. I pray that will be salt and light. God said to Abraham, if I can find ten, ten righteous. That's what I'm trying to beg us in this season. Let us be amongst those people that God takes note of. Because we need help in this country. We need help. Beyond what we can imagine, we need help. The corruption is there, but I think the mediocrity is, you know, is beating the corruption in destroying things. That's where we are. So we need men that can go beyond the physical level of governance and go to the spiritual and draw down mercy, draw down provision, draw down deliverance, draw down safety, draw down food. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? You know, that's where we are as a nation. So it's a time that if you don't even for your own self want to take Christianity seriously, please, for the generations, for all the people in your neighborhood, 
for the people in your children's school, for the people that, you know, you drive past on the road. For their sake, let us be genuine Christians so that we can bring down the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. So, our faith is a faith that it has conditions. And, and our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, the Bible tells us of him, John chapter 1, we can look at it, John 1 verse 1. He says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Okay, verse 2 says, he was in the beginning with God. Okay, 3. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. But if you go down now to verse 14, which is where I want us to go to now. In verse 14, we are told something there, verse 14. He says, and the word became flesh and dwelt what? Among us. And we beheld his glory, and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The process where the word becomes flesh is actually what connects us. Because we celebrated Christmas. Christmas in the spirit, in the, he- in the heavens, you know what they simply say? Let the word become flesh. That's what Christmas was. Let the word, this whole word that created, let it become flesh. Now, the word becoming flesh, let, let me tell you how it is. Um, let me have to look because, you know, I was thinking of uh, the chemical formula for water. What, what is it? Let me see if I... Sorry? Uh-huh. You know, I was almost thinking it was uh, carbon dioxide. <laughs> Thank God I'm not writing chemistry exam. Anyway, H2O. Now, when, when I say to you, when I write H2O on paper and give to you, what have I given you? I've given you a formula for water. That is the word. When I give you water, what have I given you? I've given you H2O. But automatically, what have I given you? I've given you water in substance. When Jesus Christ became flesh, it was the word translated to us in a form we can touch. If you broke him down, you will be seeing creation. You will be seeing everything the way it was written. Are you getting what I'm saying? And now, that word becoming flesh was not supposed to be for him alone. Hello? The word becoming flesh, he became the first fruit. Now, everyone who is born again, we are born again of the seed of the world, the incorruptible seed. So, the moment you become a Christian, what has happened? God also has what? Implanted that word inside of you. Now, you at that moment become equipped to not now only say H2O, but to bring, nobody can drink H2O. Are you getting what I'm, well, you can drink H2O in water form. But if you're thirsty, I can't write it and give to you. And it will quench your thirst. The same way, when I'm born again, I can announce to people I'm born again. And we encourage, we encourage new believers to do that. To share the testimony, isn't it? Declare what the Lord has done. I've been saved and sing songs about it. Yes. But beyond that, what is expected of you and I is that that word inside of us will become what? Flesh. That is what the Bible begins to say when it says, through us diffusing the fragrance of Christ. So I don't just say it. I smell it. I sound it. I act it. I become a witness. You know, I bless God for the testimony. Okay, who was I hearing to? Okay, the pastor in Lagos who said he was working in a project. He's an engineer. And after some time, one of the ladies that worked with him in the project, you know, saw a flyer from the church and came to work the next day and said, I said it. There's something about you, your pastor. I said it. I said, that is a testimony believers should have. They should be knowing that there is something about you. This one is not carnal. This one is not carnality. This one is not. There is something different. What 
How does that happen? That happens. H2O is what? Two molecules of hydrogen and one of oxygen, isn't it? It means that in your reactions and your speech in what you do, you manifest every component of the word of God. I get what I'm saying. Now, let, let me show something that is very, very interesting and that should help us in this new year as a foundation. You know, we, we have been taught, and it's very true, that we overcome, or rather we fight the devil, the sword of the spirit is what? The word of God. But do you know that the sword of the spirit, the word of God that we are told, is not the H2O. Or rather, it's not only the H2O. There's a place for the H2O. But it's beyond the H2O. Now, the classical illustration for that is the temptations of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come with me to Matthew 4. You can put it on the screen. Let's look at it quickly. In Matthew chapter 4, we see the temptations of our Lord Jesus. And hitherto, every time we look at that, we say Jesus, our Lord Jesus, used the word to overcome the devil. But which form of the word did he use to overcome the devil? That's where I want us to see. Okay, and I'll read quickly. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Let me hear you say hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Okay. So what does a hungry person need? He needs food. Okay. So the tempter came to say to him, You should eat. Make bread and eat. Okay. Verse 4 says, but Jesus answered and said, it is what? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let's stop here. Now, what does Jesus say here? Jesus quotes the H2O. Okay? Speaks what the word of God says concerning that situation. And then the next thing is what? He does not eat. Are you with me? He does not eat. What does he at this time do? He eats the word. So, he has the capacity to turn stones to bread. Remember, he didn't tell the devil, I can't. But he was saying to the devil, in this situation, what the word says I should do is to live by his word. It's not time. My bread is not ready. Now, what am I trying to say? The victory here is not because he quoted the scripture to the devil. The victory here is simply... He did not command stones to become bread, which he had the power. Are you getting me? Let's go down and see the other one. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him up on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Okay, what's he saying to him again now? Right, you are the son of God. I mean, this is what the word of God says. And this is for us, you know, to be very humble because the devil knows the word seriously. Okay? And Jesus said to him, what? It is written again, what? You shall not tempt the Lord your God. That is what is written. Now, what did he do? Jesus did not jump. That's what the victory. You, 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 can, you can quote the word and disobey it. Didn't our Lord Jesus Christ say, many will come to me and say that they Lord, Lord. In fact, he even said, not even that one. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? What does Lord mean? Lord means Oga. Lord means master, owner. He said, why do you call me owner? Why do you call me master? Why do you go to church and lift your hands and say, I worship you and don't worship me? 
It was not the word that was spoken. It wasn't the H2O. It was that he did not jump. That is the victory. Is someone getting it? Let's look at the third one and we see it clearly. He goes on again and the devil took him up, verse 8, up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Let's stop here. What did Jesus come for? He came to save the world. What did the devil offer him? The world. The world. Now, what did Jesus answer? Look at what he said. He says, away with you, what? Satan. For it is written, you shall not, what? You shall, sorry, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Did he say, I don't want the world? The only thing he was saying is this. To get this world, I will not worship you. This world, I want it to. But to worship you, I will not worship you. Simple. That is the victory. So the word, we must in this year, praise the Lord somebody, we must in this year disabuse our mind of that place of false comfort. You quote scripture, you think you're something. The devil quoted scripture here. Is this something? Are you getting it? No, it is until that word controls you. Then the word will fulfill John 1.14 and become flesh. If the word does not become flesh, it cannot solve any problem. It's as simple as that. And the devil knows. That's why he allows people to make noise. Do you know the quantity of word, H2O uh, standard, that is everywhere? But those who are obeying it, those who are living it, where are they? That's why there is no evidence. Because we quote it, when it comes to now take a decision, leaning on the word, we say no, we quote another one. We bring another one. How many don't know it's more blessed to give? Okay, okay, it's time to give. He said, but apply wisdom. Isn't it? We quote and we, he said, the word is the sword of the spirit. And they say it's a double-edged sword. They say, the word of God is quicker, what? Is, is alive and quick and sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing between soul and spirit, you know, bone and marrow and, you know, a descent of the intent. We quote it. When he wants to cut us, we cut, we no, use another one and cut it. And then we think we have been smart. No. Until the word becomes flesh. I will get in it. It, say, it says, he that comes to me must what? Believe that I am. Well, one of the things you must help God, you know, ask God to help you achieve this is to know that he is real. You know, there is a way you, you deal, you, you've, no matter how nice of a person you are, okay? You visit a friend's house, praise the Lord. If your friend is not in the house, I bet you, the way you open the fridge... And assuming he's going to be away for six days, the way you drink his juice, the way you eat his food, is going to be very different. If uh, very different from <laughs> or than if he's American. If he were sitting in the city room and say, "Oh, my friend, welcome. Feel free, feel free." If you opened the fridge while he was there, and he had a, what, what? What is the most expensive juice now? Okay, he had suit or whatever. And then he had the cheaper one. Which one will he? I mean, you, you just behave yourself well. Because he's there. There's just that constraining, you know, thing on you. But the moment he's not there, even the way you bang the fridge, wah! You just shut it and, huh? You look around, there's nobody here. When you are sitting down, before you would have sat down, you know, slowly. You just fall on the chair. With the remote. When you press the remote before you would have pressed, you just press the remote, huh? 
I'm in charge here. That's the way many of us live our lives. But when you know that the Almighty said to you, walk before me, there's a constraint. You ask yourself questions. You tell yourself, behave yourself. You tell yourself, hold your peace. You tell yourself, you cannot be afraid. And the same way on the positive side. You tell yourself, I will take the land. That's what happened with the two spies. The two spies saw the giants, but they saw God. They remember that it was God that sent them. The ten spies thought it was Moses and, and Aaron that sent them. That's why they said, well, they said, we are Moses. We cannot take this land. The other two spies came and said, God will give us this land. The two were living in the consciousness that God was with them. The other ten were living on their own. They, they were living far. Their God had traveled. May your God not travel this year. In the name of Jesus Christ. I said we are serving a living God. But it demands condition. And, and the, the danger of that is it. If I begin to get used to not having him in my mind. In little things. When it comes to big things. I can't call upon him again. I can't call upon him. So if he can tell a lie. That's why the Bible says. He that is faithful in little. Is faithful in much. He that is what? Faithless or Unfaithful in little is unfaithful in much. If you can be telling small, small lies, I'm going to deal with lies this year. Just remind me if I forget. I'm going to deal with lies. No, very important, very serious matter. I don't want to even mention it today. Okay? But if you can be doing small, small things that you know God is not pleased with, when it comes to big things, you can't trust Him. You can't trust Him. I was telling us here during the lockdown, I'll be getting ready for a service that you can only see my top. I will wear socks and shoes to match. Not just I'm wearing socks and shoes. You know why? Because as I'm standing, I don't know that you're not seeing me. I am seeing me. Do you understand? Because if I begin to live in the consciousness that you're not seeing me fully, when I start coming out, that consciousness will follow me. Praise God. Hallelujah. The the Bible says, our Lord Jesus Christ said, the scriptures cannot what? Be broken. The scripture is one. This is very important. I pray that the spirit of God will breathe it upon us. Okay? Now, when our Lord Jesus Christ in John, says in John 6. John 6. Okay, no. Let's leave that one for now. Let's look at the one in John 4. Where he said to the woman at the well. 23 and 24. Put it for us, please. John chapter 4. It says, The hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Okay, 24. It says God is what? Spirit. And those who worship him must what? Worship in spirit and truth. Let me tell you what our Lord Jesus Christ was trying to say. You know, before now, he was trying to tell the woman, it's no longer mountains. So whether you're at home following service, you're not in any way less than those who are here physically. That's the simple truth. Praise the Lord. However, if you have an assignment and you're not carrying it out, then that's where you're failing. Okay? Because you don't want the policeman sent to guard your house to be in the spirit, guarding your house. Is someone hearing me? Eh? They send doctor to come and attend to somebody. Say, I'm in the spirit. I'm attending to you. Receive Panadol. Receive Chloroquine. (laughs) Does it happen that way? Uh Okay. So where was I? Thank you. Verse 24. It says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must what? Worship in spirit. And it's no longer the location. Okay? The location doesn't matter. 
He said, what matters now is this. If God is spirit, okay, and I am worshipping him in spirit. Now, can there be any distance between him and I? Can I, in the middle of the worship, slap somebody and come back? Like some cartoon I saw, you know, my wife showed me. A family, they were praying, they were saying grace over their food. They were saying grace over their food. And the little boy was so hungry, and he took the food and put it in his mouth. The mother, in the middle of the prayer, slapped the boy, opened his mouth, brought out the food, <laughs> and continued. He <laughs> says, such a woman is worshipping God in her dining table, which is allowed. You must teach these children discipline. Okay? But if she were truly in the spirit, she would not slap that child <laughs> and bring out the food. Okay? So, in spirit and truth, he's talking about proximity. It's talking about nothing in between. It's talking about, you know, they said of Adam and Eve. He said they were naked and not ashamed. It doesn't mean you always be strong, but it means you always be aware of his presence. It doesn't mean you always, you know, be bravado. But in your weakness, you will, that's what David showed us. David will show to him and say, and, and say to us, whenever I'm afraid, then I will do what? I will trust. He said, Lord, lead me to the rock that is... He doesn't make excuses. He doesn't bring scripture and begin to defend his stand. He says, Lord, I'm afraid. Help me. He says, the enemies that are too much for me, they have come. Deliver me. What he's doing is that, David, God, they're together. They're together. There's nothing in between. That's what it means to worship him in spirit and truth. So, if it's business, I believe him. If it's social, I believe him. If it's uh, church, I believe him. In every area, the same way I will speak the word, I will speak the word. The same way I will subject myself to the scrutiny of the word. The same way I will subject you. I cannot be having different standards. One standard for Sunday, one standard for Monday, one standard for Tuesday. When I do that, I'm worshipping him in days. I'm not worshipping him in spirit and truth. And when I also worship differently in the location where I am, like now you're watching online, if you're not at home concentrating with pen and paper, taking note like you take in church, then you're also not worshipping in spirit and truth. You're worshipping in, 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 in comfort and as a man that his friend is not at home. Because if you're in church, the attention you will give the word, if you can't give it at that point, then maybe that place is not good for you. Maybe you need to gather in some other place and know how to do this. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? It says now. It says why? It's not a suggestion. It said that is what the father wants. That's what the father, that's the standard. A faith that has conditions. Do you understand what I'm saying? You and I must never forget. God, God, is, not, God is not straightened up and will take anything. Let nobody, let no, if I've made that picture to you, forgive me. God is not tightened. Our Lord Jesus, and we're going to look at John 6, had a multitude following him. He preached and preached and preached and preached. All of them left. He turned to the remaining 12. I thought he would say to them, please, eh? please don't go, eh? You know I have plans for you. Do you understand? He said, you know, where well, you know this thing. <laughs> That, he turned to them, what did he say to them? He said, will you also what? Go away. Because he said to us, if these ones will keep silent, what? I'm, my father is able to, I'm able to raise stones. So God is not there for anybody. Not for me, not for you. Let nobody deceive us. Not for our money, not for our gift, not for our talent. His condition is this. I'm looking for those who will do it. Worship me in spirit and truth. Do, do you, know, you, you know, you know, it's better. 
Praise God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. It's better for me to come and tell you now. You're my namesake, so I can use it. It's better for me to come and I tell you, Kenna, you're a very foolish man. You're a very proud man. Who do you even think you are in front of you? Then you are passing and you hear me telling somebody that Kenna is a foolish man. He's a very stupid man. The other one, when you speak it to my face, you give me some respect that you are aware. Do you understand? I mean, it will hurt me. But when behind me, because you see, you now come to my face and you're smiling. That's what the father is saying. He said, I can't take that false worship, that varying worship, that worship like this today, like that tomorrow. He said, Mm-mm. He said don't bring that thing to me. I'm spirit. I don't, I, they don't lock me up. It's not when you say one hour of devotion, you got kneel. That's why I don't teach something. Hour of devotion, you kneel down. Nah, man. That thing that you use all kinds of F words, use less language. Did God turn off after your one hour of devotion? Did you turn the TV of God off? Eh? Your conversation. That's why I don't look at something. That's why I don't read something. That's why I don't even listen to some things. Because the Holy Ghost in me is streaming online all the time. He's listening. Those that worship in spirit and truth. You must catch that. He said to Abraham, walk, walk, W-A-L-K. Not attend, not, you see, walk is six hours or eight hours a day. Walk means leave. Every day. So you must be able, the Bible says, talks about being able to give a defense for the hope that is in you. You must live in such a way that you can use every action, everything you do to preach the gospel. Every decision you make must be backed up by your Bible, the faith you have. So Jesus can raise the dead. That's why I'm doing this. Jesus can raise the dead. That's why I'm doing that. Jesus can raise the dead. That's why I didn't do that. Jesus can do That's why I did. If you can, then kneel down and ask him, Lord, help me. My strength is failing me. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So I round up very quickly. The same, and the word became flesh. John 6, verse 63. We take there and, and, we, and we try and close from there. In John 6, 63, the Bible says, our Lord Jesus speaking here. It says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Let's read the second part together, everybody. It says, the words that I speak to you are what? Let, let me try and, you know, hold myself soon. What does it mean that the words I speak to you are spirit and life? It simply means from the, the word became flesh angle where we're looking at it. This is what it means. It means that in the appropriate, relevant situation of my life, okay, no matter how troubling, how challenging their circumstances. The word is remembered. You know, the Bible says the Spirit of God will bring what? All things to your mind. So the word is what? Remembered. Just like during the temptation. When they tempted Jesus, what? With bread, turned to bread. What did he remember? It is written, man shall not what? Live. So that word was spirit. And it was what? Alive. So he remembered. The next thing is that, that word is regurgitated. These cows, what do they do? They finish eating. And then after some time, they set up their own breakfast again and start eating, no grass. Now, the word being spirit and life means in the relevant situation. You understand what I'm saying? So, you're in a situation now, as maybe I use myself as an illustration now, and I'm provoked. And I have a right to lose my temper and be so angry. I remember that the Bible says, the man of God must not, not under different conditions, he said, must not quarrel. Must not. Okay? So I remember it. Then the provocation increases. What do I do? 
I regurgitate it. I say it says must not. Now, spoken, believed, becomes secondary. If I now need to speak it to the circumstance, sometimes I may need to speak it to me. That is what it means by what? The word is spirit and is life. If it doesn't happen like that, then the word you have is logos, is in your Bible. It's volume, you speak it out, but it does not come up in the relevant situation. When the Bible says, fear not, if I only quote it when I'm teaching Sunday school, fear not. You know, the popular statement is there are 365 fear nots or 366 in the Bible. One for every day. How many have heard that? If I don't also remind myself that every day and use it to do what I should do, the word to me is not spirit and life. If, if, if the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm in working in an office, or I'm in a situation, or there's a trying situation or whatever. And at that moment, I don't say to myself, well, I mean, you, can, you know you can't do this. But then you say, you remember, I can do all things through Christ's word, who strengthens me. And then all of a sudden, you're going, and, they, and you say to yourself, you're even laughing at yourself. You know, the scripture is beautiful when it's life. You begin to say to yourself things like, ah, I'm crucified with Christ. No, be me, self. It's not even I. But Christ that what lives in me. And then you begin to take a step forward. What you're doing at that time is that the word is taking you over. You're, you're proving that that word has become flesh. You're not doing what you should normally do. You're doing what the word is what constraining you to do. It is in that situation that the power of God hits you. And when you become habitual in that, you become a force and a power that nobody can resist. Let's rise on our faith. Let's rise on our faith. The words I speak, I want you to pray that in this year, let the word of God to me become spirit and life. I thank God for logos. I thank God for all I have written in my note. I thank God for all that I can quote. I thank God for all that the pastor has preached to me. I thank God because we are worded assembly. But beyond being worded, we want to be a living assembly. Living in the truth. Living in the power of the word. Living in obedience to the word. Living under the constraint of the word. Living in the faith of the son of God. That is what it means. I leave constraint. I'm charged. I'm shot. I'm pushed. Everything I do is traceable to the spirit of the word. If it's not the word, then I can't do it. But if the word, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The, the, the psalmist said, by, by him I can run against a troop. That's what he says. By him I can leap over walls. He says, he teaches my hands to war and my fingers to battle. My hands can do it. But by my God, I can bend a bow of bronze. By him I have power. I allow the word to do me. I allow the word to love my wife. I allow the word to surrender to, to, to my body, to my wife. Even though it says in honor, preferring one to another. I allow the word to humble me. I allow the word to keep me calm. I allow, you see, that is what it means. The word becomes flesh. It's a that situation that you begin to experience the peace of God that is beyond every understanding. The power of God. The smile of God. The Bible says, I, our Lord Jesus Christ speaking, he says, I am the Father. We will come and we will make our home with you. Why? Because we are used to dwelling with the world. Where we see the world loved. We see the world honored. We see the world obeyed. We will come and move in there. Lord help me. Let your word become flesh. In this year, 2021, 
let me not just quote the word. Let my life, let my speech, let everything about me. Lord, let these words that you speak to me. Lord Jesus, you came and showed us the pattern. The Bible says of our Lord Jesus that testified of him. He has done all things well. It is possible. I cried to the Lord. I said, Lord, give me meekness. Give me humility. Give me compassion. Lord, help me so that this word can become me. I don't just want to know it. It is written, yes, but it is also to manifest in me. It is written, yes, but it is also supposed to become my experience and my testimony. People should pass by you and say, this is this about you. This is love. This is patience. This is kindness. This is gentleness. This is boldness. This is courage. Lord, help me. Infuse me, O Lord, with the spirit of your word. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my God. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my God. I need you to pray. 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 Because God answers such prayers. He answers such prayers. Let this word be spirit. Let it be life. Many years ago, I ceased trying to know the word to impress people. I began to want to know the word to change my life. So when I read, I pause. I say, Lord, help me. Help me for me. I'm not running this race with anybody. No, it is my race. It is my personal race. The best I can do is pour you on. It's not a tag team. Lord, help me. Let the word I know, let it change me. Let the word I know, let it strengthen me. Let the word I know, let it transform me. Lord, help me. I've been born again of the seed of the word of God, of the incorruptible seed, the same seed with which our Lord Jesus Christ was born. That word has come upon me. It has infused me. Lord, I receive grace. I receive grace. It's a new year. The year is young. Lord, help me. Let me walk in power. Let me also walk in humility. Let me walk also in sincerity. This is not a show. We're not measuring who is stronger. We're not measuring who is richer. We're not measuring who speaks better. We're not measuring who does this better. We are just children, the redeemed of the Lord. We just want to be where you are. Dwelling daily in your presence, surrounded by you. That we just want to be all that you say we are. Lord, help us. That our world may know that you are the almighty, the true God, the great king above all the earth, the maker of all things, the miracle working God. Lord, we pray even at this moment, there are some that are weak in the body. We say this world brings strength. There are some that are downcast in the soul. We say this world lifts them up. It brings courage. It brings life to somebody watching. It brings life to somebody here. The devil is a liar. Leave. That's what the word of God says. Lift up your head. Lift up your head. Strengthen the hands that hang down. Let the feeble knees be adjusted. Because this word cannot fail. Has he said it, will he not do it? What God says to do, he will do. He said to Abraham in that verse 2, he began to tell him, he says, my covenant with you, I will keep it. I will keep it. God will keep his side of the bargain. 
he cannot fail you. He himself has said, the Bible tells us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what he said. He will never. So why should I be afraid when Jehovah will always be by my side? Father, we bless you. We give you praise and we give you glory. Blessed be your name. In Jesus Christ's name we have prayed. Hallelujah, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.